0: Through sharing our gifts, talents, and stories, you'll obtain the resources, strategies, and tools you need on your journey of healing and growth. Step into your authentic self, moving beyond your best plan.
1: Hello and welcome back. Today, we're super excited about sharing with you what we call The journey so far. And the reason why we think this is so important is that in our life, moment by moment, things will begin to happen. And sometimes we can have the perception that it's bad. Sometimes we can have the perception that it's good. But when you look back upon your whole life, can you see how things come together and how they shape who you are as a person? So we're going to ask everyone, all of the Fab Five here to share something inspirational, inspiring. Even if it's sad, we want the good, the bad, the ugly to come out. We want the real. So I'm going to start with Whitney here. Whitney, do you have anything to say about the journey so far and how it's shaped your life?
2: I do. Hi, Claudette. How are you? Good. I I love seeing you guys. So (laughs) I just
3: (laughs) just love love seeing seeing you.
2: And I, I know That you can't see us, but I love seeing my co-hosts. But they can hear us. I know. I know. (laughs) I am, you know, as we were talking about this, I thought of kind of three things, three incidences, I guess you would call them, or events that have happened in my life that are particularly impactful, life-shaping. Hundreds of things have happened, right, and and different things mean different things at different times, and and like you said, Claudette, they all kind of dovetail and work together. But these three incidences, I think, really have shaped me, and I, I believe I've talked about two mm-hmm. thus, uh, you know, already. So one was my the day that I. Came to, I, I guess I call it coming to faith the day I came to Jesus. And I call it the Azevedo Road experience. I liken it to Saul's Damascus Road experience. And without getting into the details, because I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before, but you know, I found myself that day crying in the street and just realizing that. The life that I was living was not the life that I wanted. And until I made some changes, nothing was going to change, right? And I made some changes that day. The most important thing that came out of that experience, however, was the preparation and the foundation that allowed me to... Survive and ultimately thrive through, and I've talked about this already. I believe in episode one was the day that my son passed away, and but for my faith and that experience, and starting to build a relationship with Jesus, I just don't see how I would have gotten through that. the 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 immediacy of that day, the weeks and months that followed. And in fact, the years since then. But what I wanna talk about today is sort of the launching pad that really has landed me in a place with those first two experiences being sort of my foundation. This last one setting me up for the thriving part of my life. And so 10 years ago, the church that I was attending at the time did a four-week study called Loving Well. It was a Bible study by Beth Moore, and it was just a short four-week program. And I had been, at that point, single for a lot of years, just let's call it a lot of years. And a lot of what was going on with me was focused around being single and not wanting to be single and just continuously finding myself in a place where I was unhappy because I was single. And I remember one day having a conversation in my head where I was saying, if you're continue on this path, when you're 80, you're going to look back and just have been miserable Whole life. And I knew that was not the outcome that I wanted. So we go into this four-week study, and it wasn't about romantic love. It was about love in general. Love, God's love for us is our love back to God, and how the overflow of that allows us to love others, right? Love God, love yourself, love others. And it was in that experience that I found myself really opening for the first time, at least in a conscious way, opening up so that I could be vulnerable mm-hmm. and in a place where I could actually allow love to come to me. Because I had been hurt in my first marriage and I had a moment where it's like, never again. No man will ever hurt me, and I, I, you know, I'm just not going to allow this to happen. And that closed me off, and I didn't realize that until I had a conversation with someone who the, the pastor who oversaw the marriage class for church and he invited me to marriage class. I'm like, I'm not coming to marriage class, I'm single, I can't even get through coffee or <laughs> cocktails with someone? Why would I? And he was like, no, you need to come to marriage. <laughs> and so I avoided him for about a year. And then finally, <laughs> finally, I met, his, I met his wife at a women's retreat, didn't know it was his wife and we're having dinner. And she tells me I need to come to marriage class. And so the combination of the marriage, I did go, I stopped being a rebel. I went, the combination of the marriage class and this loving will just really opened me up. And I kid you not, about six weeks after that class ended, I met my husband. Now, I had known my husband 30 years before that because we dated when I was right out of high school oh. um, and we had dated for about two years. And then when our separate ways got married, had our separate families, I got divorced. He was still married for a long time, but we ran into each other. And I just equate that to being in a place where I was open to it. And it's like that saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And it was when I was ready, love would appear. And that is the third, when I just think about my life and tying the pieces together, that's really the third piece that has set me up for wearing.
4: So it's actually really brilliant. Marriage brilliant. classes when we're single. I'm going to have to find some marriage classes to sign up for. <laughs> you should, you should. Yes. The, the premise behind it was that
2: I didn't really understand brilliant. what that was about. Right. So, right. yeah.
4: And you're, that was ultimately what you wanted to have, you wanted to create in your life, right? Yes. And so gaining a learning, gaining an understanding, just like you said, the the teacher will appear, the What you want will appear when you when we're ready for it. I love it. Yeah, I love that.
1: Speaking
4: of beautiful, you look beautiful today, especially
2: she does. does. I mean, you always do, but today there's something. You've got
1: like an angelic
4: glow happening. (laughs) I know, right? There's something about me. Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I just got my hair done. You oh, know? maybe that's what uh, it I is. Will, that will give us some glow,
3: ladies. <laughs> <laughs> some highlights to my life.
4: <laughs> I love. It.
3: Some yeah. of us thought that you know it might be a man in your life. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Twice, I'm going to go man. take my
4: marriage count. My marriage uh <laughs> classes.
1: I love it. Oh my gosh, Whitney! Thank you for sharing that because. Yes. The thing that I got from that is when your heart began to be open, so many of us, when we're afraid of being hurt, we close off our heart and we harden it. And when our heart is hardened, sometimes we think that's protecting us, but it's not. Mm -hmm. And actually when we soften our heart, that's when all of the divine can flow through us and all of the truth and all of the love. And that's when other people pick up on that, you know? And, And so your energy went out, his energy met it seems like yes six weeks later yeah let's have take two of this little romantic situation
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> right and the the interesting thing about that is that I was like I would never get with someone you know that the past is the past and and you oh, don't yeah. revisit that but I was a totally different person the second time around he was a different person right life and things had intervened and so, you know, I was
4: like, well, why not? See what happens. This <laughs> happened and it
2: happened.
4: I feel like so much of our journey is also a relearning. Yeah. And as you were sharing your story, I was imagining, Whitney, that those marriage classes were probably also like a relearning about some things, right? Maybe oh, definitely. Kind of an unwiring and unwinding of the conditioning from, you know, our own family units as children to our experiences as we go through life with love and other things, right? Definitely. So I think a big part of Journey, and certainly for me, and I know for for, for all of you ladies, is like a whole new learning of, of, of what we once knew, right? Beyond yes. our best plan of what we once knew. Yes, yes. Absolutely. I love it. It's
1: beautiful. So I'm going to go... I'm just going on the screen around in a little. So, Sarah, you're next.
0: Thanks, Claudette. There's a, a special time in my life that comes to mind for me, and it was when I was about 20. So I was early on, and I had moved back from Texas, and I was getting reestablished in Virginia, and I was looking for a job. I okay. had my girlfriend's mom helped me find a job. She had an in, and I don't know if you guys know of that little company called Capital One. Anybody heard uh, of them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, What's in your I wallet? Heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: right. may have a couple
2: of their
4: credit cards. Two. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, this was Capital One. She, and it was at the very, very mm-hmm. beginning. She had been the executive admin for the guys that started it. And she said, I can get you a job in collections and, you know, you just have to go do this X, Y, Z. So I took the class to learn the collections and I was top person in my class. This is important to note. I was, they had these buckets back then. So I was the top bucket on making the calls, trying to collect the money and remembering what I was supposed to do along the way. And everybody in the class had to take a test and you had to pass with a 75% score. And I have a fear of failure and my fear of failure creates an enormous upheaval in me when it comes to test taking. And I forget everything. I literally just kind of blank out. I get super anxious. And so I failed this test. I think I got a 60 something. And so much to my directors, I had two people that were training us. One guy cried. They brought me in and they were like, Sarah, what happened? And they asked me the questions. And oddly, I could verbally answer them. I knew the answers. I, I could verbally answer them. I just was not, you know, pen to paper, basically. And I had known this was an issue of mine, but I hadn't really focused on it. I just was, I went to seven high schools. I was just happy to get the heck out of school. To be right. And so they had to let me go. I lost my job. I did not get the position. There was a no retake. There was no restart. There was nothing. And I wow. thought, okay, well, what do I do? And I called my friend and he goes, I think you need to go work at this restaurant. And I was like, oh, I can't go there. No way. Nope, sir, you need to go. And that was a restaurant called Hooters. And so... <laughs> <laughs> <I> oh, <forget. laughs> You lost your mind. Oh my I have not lost my mind. You need to go work at Hooters. So I grabbed this job at Hooters and I wasn't sure what my family was going to think about it, but I thought, well, you're young. Just go in, make your money. Keep looking for another job. Life moves on. Rock the and, orange shorts. Yep. Yeah, the short shorts. The I love it. Hose, the peony hose. They were awesome. Um <laughs> i didn't care about this short. the shorts the pantyhose were terrible this is not an image
3: i see of you Sarah. No, no, like 100%. this is just not like <laughs> wow wow
4: it was like, so, so it? interesting yeah. the big white socks and white
0: sneakers
2: yes. <laughs> wait a minute why do you guys all know what hooters girls yeah. look like i couldn't describe an outfit if i tried Oh
4: my God. And then the half in Waldorf, Maryland, it's like the centerpiece. Hooters is like (laughs) the centerpiece of that town. (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah. So Uh, I start this job and immediately this woman attaches to me. She's vibrant. She's loud. She is beautiful. And she literally will not leave me alone. She kept out. Every time she saw me at work, she wanted me to go out with them after work. She wanted really bring me in and make me a part of her life she would and I kind of stood up back and was like I don't know you're a little much and she's my lifelong best friend at this point what we realized is we probably had six or seven pieces of clothing that were the same piece of clothing but different colors so I had you know I'd have the black one she'd have the white one or the pink and purple you know so we immediately bonded and she's the person that loved me unconditionally for maybe what I thought of at that moment for the first time. Everybody else in my life seemed to have a condition around me being loved and being a part of their life or that's how I felt. So Geneva is my best friend and I met her through losing that job at Capital One and the Things that happened for me after that, that played out, the jobs that came were nothing to do with finance, nothing to do with corporate world. I became an esthetician. And so I nurtured and loved women Mm -hmm. every day. I made, and I I lifted women up and made them feel good. And that actually was the next phase for me as uh, professionally. And what that did was fill a gap in my heart Where And I didn't realize this until actually after I quit aesthetics, that I had a gap in my heart with women. I, I didn't ever feel like I had made any of the women in my life happy until Geneva, right? And then this aesthetics job that I was led to gave me years and years of time with women that I was able to nurture and care for them and receive the good back, Right because you you know you love your esthetician after you've had a facial and a massage and <laughs> all that good stuff, yeah. especially if she puts makeup on when you're done. So for me, losing that job at Capital One, I don't regret it. I was so sad and I was a little distraught on, oh man, this was such a great opportunity. I was getting my foot in on a major corporation. There's no telling where I could have gone in that company. And But I didn't, and I wouldn't have changed a single thing. And I'm so grateful I failed that stinking test.
4: (laughs) I
1: love that because what looks like failure—failure to me—is when you stop time and you stay in that state of that particular incident. But see, time doesn't stop, so that's why failure is an illusion. It doesn't stop. Time keeps going. We move forward, and you know what would have seemed like devastation and to cause you to just think less of yourself, you begin to get connected. And Hooters freaking amazing this is funny. I just never saw you as a Hooters girl, yeah. but that's okay. I've eaten at Hooters years ago and their wings were pretty good. So, so good. No um judgment. We love you Hooters girls that are out there. Yeah, I'm not judging this at all. So but I'm the, jealous that I they guess can now I have
2: that outfit that yeah. I can't. I guess now I have to believe guys when they say the wings are good because you yeah. said it. Because normally I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. It's about that. They hooters. really
4: are good. <laughs> they are good.
1: They actually are good. They do um, have some good wings at Hooters. It's a marketing campaign and it has worked for years, but we won't go into all that. But yeah, the failure wasn't really actually a failure. It was a redirect.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And you have a friend and a whole different life from it. Yep, absolutely. And like one of the, the new learnings on my journey, just a few years ago, our problems happen for us if we let it. And that really, I mean, it, it, that is such a beautiful example of that. You know, if you look back on all of our problems and then where they've guided us from there you know we don't always know in that moment where it's taking us sometimes it's really hard to be grateful in those earlier moments because we haven't seen the whole picture yet we haven't seen it all play out until one day we're looking back and we're going thank you (laughs) yeah that's true
2: I, I will say this I was actually listening to another podcast yesterday and that question came up and and the point I was answering the question as if the host had asked me the question and the way to get to a place where you can be grateful early on and in the moment. And it, and it sometimes it is a struggle is to remember how it's happened in the past and how you've gotten here. Right. And so the more I remember that life is happening for me, not to me, the more I remember that, everything is connected. Everything is related. Everything is leading to, you know, a better outcome if I just keep doing my part makes it easier to do that right now, right? So there's some things that are happening in my life right now exactly the way I want, but I know that I can be grateful that maybe it's protecting me from something right? And the timing will unfold as it's supposed to unfold. So I, th- I think that was such a good point, Catherine. And Sarah, thanks for sharing that. I mean, I, I've never been to Hooters. Now I feel like oh, I have yeah. to go. Now I feel like I
3: have to go. Well, we'll have to go when we're all at the beach. <laughs> um, I was just thinking that.
1: Yeah, that's so it's,
3: okay. it's interesting, Whitney, that you said that you were... That you are crying that you are single and I am loving that I am single, you know. <laughs> and with that I'm said, happy for you. And you should be,
2: you yeah. should be happy that yeah. you're single. Yeah. That's,
3: that's why, that's, with that said, you know, some of the things that I have found to be really critical mm-hmm. moments of my life was actually marrying my children's dad. And um, I almost didn't marry him you know, there was an incident that occurred before we got married. And I actually talked to my best friend and thought, I don't think I should do this. Like, I just, I don't think I should do this. And even though we're not together and haven't been together since they were five and six years old, it was, it was one of the pivotal points in my life that was critical. And I am so, so, so grateful that I married him because I became a legislator after that. And Well, before I became a legislator, I had my children, Ashley and Logan. And so I wouldn't have had those children had I not married him. And my life would have been very different because he's the one that encouraged me to be a legislator. I mean, when I became a legislator, I didn't know which party, before I said I would run, I had to go look at the platforms to decide which (laughs) party I wanted to join because I had no idea anything about politics. And I did it because we felt it was the right thing to do. And then at being a politician just opened up doors for me like I had never thought. And, and I'm, I'm getting to a point here because there's three critical steps here. So marrying him, my children's dad, becoming a legislator, and then Logan's transition. You know, we've talked about my son taking his life and Logan's transition And all of those kind of work together, believe it or not, because when Logan transitioned, I had to step into something different. I had to go through some healing processes. And Logan really gave his life for the greater good of the universe, because what I do today is assist others through their experience of losing someone, losing or change that's sudden and unexpected. And I have that expertise and the ability to be able to speak clearly because of being a legislator, because I married Logan's dad. So everything kind of came together. And what I feel like is like life for me is like a strawberry rhubarb pie. I don't know if I've mentioned this analogy before, but for those of you who have had strawberry rhubarb pie, they're sweet and they're sour. And if you like, like that, it all blends together. Like there's been many, many, what some people would call sour notes in my life, you know, whether it's early childhood trauma, you know, we can list it on and on and on. Bullying, divorces, you know, wonderful relationships. (laughs) And the sweetness of that is, stepping into things that I wouldn't have stepped in, being a legislator, speaking to the Brazilian parliament about women and minorities in government. I look back at that and I'm like, wow, I never would have, I just, I couldn't speak the first time I spoke for politics. It was interesting. And today I'm on stages for speaking for other people and helping them through their trauma and their their challenges. So I just feel like life Is really strawberry rhubarb pie. (laughs) I love that analogy. That is so so, awesome. Yeah, and I just I'm grateful for all of that. And I three years ago I wouldn't be sitting here saying that I am so very grateful that I had married my children's father. Like I would not be sitting here doing that.
4: And because of
3: yeah, because I everything, everything yeah, everything comes together. Cause if I hadn't, hadn't had all those experiences, I wouldn't be serving. I wouldn't be being of service like I am yes. had I not had those experiences. When so did I, that shift
4: for you, Kathleen? Remember, do you remember kind of that moment where you learned, was it a, was it a new learning that happened for you?
3: Yeah, there were, you know, since Logan's transition, I would say probably five years into Logan's transition, I went through cognitive thought therapy and did post-traumatic stress therapy. And so the PTS therapy is really retraining your brain to think a little differently about circumstances in your life based on a process that you go through. And I had like some amazing ahas about that where I started to shift And when I really started to shift is when I used regenerating images and memory, you know, the healing modalities that I do now. And yeah, so anything that I've done, I either have become certified in it or I've trained in it because I just really, I just like, it's made such a big difference in my life. It's in, you know, Claudette talks about the truth method and whatever healing modality you use, it's really about removing limiting beliefs, the emotional blocks and the trauma that's stuck stuck in your body. That's what's really happening here. It's just rethinking, reframing, you know, becoming, having a new awareness. I just, I'm so grateful for every experience and every relationship I've had. (laughs) It's beautiful when
2: you can come to that place, right? Where you can be grateful for, the bad relationships and the lost jobs and, you know, that it's okay. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it's better than okay. And really be grateful for every moment. And, you know, I was sitting out this morning, just being grateful there. I could see Venus in the sky. Mm -hmm. Right. And just, I just looked up and it's like, oh yeah. Grateful for that. Right. And and there are different times in my life where I wouldn't have been able to feel that because I would have been so wrapped up in what wasn't going well in my life. And having a shift where you can just be grateful for everything, Mm -hmm. it makes it all so much better and enjoyable and being open to experiences oh that's how we're together now right building our relationship building you know this platform is just from being grateful for what's going on in my life and then being open to opportunities and possibilities and just
4: so mm. yes grateful gratitude is love such that. a healer i've i've learned that and several, I've heard several people, teachers say this, how it is not possible to be grateful and angry or grateful mm-hmm. and frustrated uh-huh. ang- grateful and whatever suffering state you want to name, right? Frustrated, angry, pissed off, overwhelmed, right? It's not possible to be grateful and suffering at the same time. Powerful. Yeah,
2: I accept that.
4: The two two energies
1: cannot exist together. They can't. So Catherine, tell
4: us about your, your journey so far. Yeah. So one of the very big pivotal moments in my life really just happened a couple of years ago, about two years ago, when I learned to get out of my victim story. Because ladies, let me tell you, I was in my victim story like a mofo, especially around my family dynamic, my childhood and my younger years. And I was carrying frustration and anger and resentment. And I was all up in that story. And that really rippled into other areas of my life. And, you know, especially in my intimate relationships, I carried that same sort of, you know, those same sort of suffering feelings I was just talking about into intimate relationships or when something challenging came my way, I was definitely not in a victor state. It was more in that victim. And so a big part of my journey, you know, it began in my earlier years when I was younger, I love my family so much. I'm so grateful for them all. We have a beautiful relationship now. That took some time to grow and develop where it is today. I, My parents were divorced when I was five. And I remember feeling very alone, feeling rejected, feeling not seen, not heard, feeling guilt about, you know, when you're a child, and probably a lot of us can relate to this. When we are children. We have the ability to like take on some really heavy feelings from our, our family units. I know all That's of us, true. lady, have our own experiences, right? And and everyone who's listening, we've all had challenges from our past, from our childhood. Even if we grew up in a, a home where we had mom, dad, and you know Brady Bunch love, right? There's still challenges. So I know I'm not alone. Uh, sharing about those feelings, but the pivotal boat. And so I really carried those resentful. I, it was, I was just mad for a long time, really up to a couple years ago. I remember even feeling hopeless just a few years ago. Like, I guess I'm just going to have to settle for these feelings, just kind of being inside of me forever. Right. Like literally, I remember as a teenager, just feeling like I didn't even matter. And so Getting to, I was at a Tony Robbins event, Date with Destiny. Tony Robbins is is one of my teachers in life who's really helped me shift my world. But but it was an exercise that we did where we looked at our story, right? And we looked at it, we wrote our story and my I wrote out my victim story, which looking back, I was so attached to, it gave me significance, right? It gave me like a way to connect with people, right? And then he said, I want you to rewrite this story from God's eyes. Why did God put this in your world? Mm. Why did God create this situation? And it was so effing powerful, ladies. (laughs) I was falling, crying. You know, I realized how it was giving me like significance and connection and all these things that we all need to have, right? And it was it freed me from this victim story. And he also talked about, taught about this thing called effective blaming. Because again, we've all been in challenging situation where we have felt betrayed or rejected or heartbroken, right? And so it's like, he says, you know, if you're gonna blame them for the bad, right? If you're gonna blame, in that point, it was my mom, my dad, my stepdad. If you're gonna blame them for all the bad, you better be blaming them for the good too. And I got to start to look at, wow, there are some really great parts of me that came because of these really, really challenging situations, right? So for all of you that are listening right now, that've gone through challenge, that's feeling it right now, just know, try to pull out some pieces that are that are beautiful from it. Whether, you know, for me, I was a rebel as I entered teenagehood, probably a little, I was a young rebel, right? Because I was looking for that love and that connection that I wasn't necessarily feeling in my family unit. I still have that rebel spirit inside of me today. And guess what? It has me going after things and creating my life, no matter what, no matter what rejection I feel today, no matter how many people tell me I'm, you know, I don't have enough this, that, or the other thing, I'm doing it anyway, creating a life anyway right? That even being a rebel is a good thing, right? When we were younger, we were told it's not good, but it really is, right? Uh, Feeling just this deep love, this deep determination. I got to watch my mom go from being a single mother waitress, right? Barely getting by to becoming a businesswoman and just blooming into this beautiful business butterfly. And I'm so grateful Mm -hmm. I got to watch that because I got to learn so much from that. So, you know, so my journey changed, shifted big time when I was able to go get out of that victim story. And over the last few years, we've built, with my family, we've built a beautiful relationship. I can honestly say that that feelings that I once felt hopeless about, that I'm going to just have to deal with this, these, these, this resentment, it's gone. I realized I had to change. I was making love conditional I was expecting them to change right when it was me that needed to change I needed to yes. get out of this old story mm-hmm. so we've it's been a journey of healing it's been a journey it's been beautiful it's been adventurous it's been triumphant it's been I've broken my heart a couple times it's been a journey of being inspired and spiritual and it really has shifted and become so much more fulfilling when I got out of that victim story and it's just like freedom. Nice. I love it. So true. That's amazing. That is absolutely
1: amazing. And you mentioned something that kind of leads into, if you guys, if you have anything to say, I'm, I'm going to say, please go off of Catherine or I can just lead into what I was going to share. It's up to you guys, but perception is everything. And I think, the biggest thing with me is I was always trying to fight to get out of something. Like I was always, and I remember the day that I was like, I'm done fighting. It's exhausting. And I, I was sitting in, I had just gone through my first divorce. That marriage lasted a little, I think a little under two years. I got a Maybe a little under three years. Yeah. And, you know, I was out of that. I had started going to college. I was working full time. I was very busy. And I just thought, you know what? I'm actually going to stop fighting. I'm just going to stop fighting. And I'm going to stop blaming. Okay. So I had a moment of revelation. That was a big moment for me. And that was the beginning of my Saturday Night Live version of getting to who I am today. Like I stumbled, I fell, I would blame, I, you know, I refused to be a victim. I could have been, I refused. However, I was very angry. So a lot of us will say we're not a victim, but we're angry. Well, victims need to protect themselves. If you're not a victim, you don't have to protect yourself. So I called myself out on that, if that makes sense. And... So the first moment was the awakening that I would stop fighting so much. The second moment was maybe my perception in translation of things isn't all that there is. Maybe the universe doesn't revolve around Claudette. <laughs> and maybe, just maybe, <laughs> there's all these different viewpoints. And I begin to see people for who they actually were instead of who I wanted them to be. And I remember that and I was going, wow. And I had a st- I realized I had to call myself out on this. I had a standard I put on everybody else, but I gave myself grace. Mm-hmm. Why do we expect our parents to be more perfect when we know we're not? Why do we expect our friends to hold this certain standard if we don't? And if they haven't even agreed to, it's an unspoken standard. It's not fair. So I began to go, wow, I, you know, I've defined all these things without everyone else's participation. And then no wonder I'm disappointed, right? And so when I begin to drop perceptions, that was a big thing for me. It was like just any preconceived idea of how something should be. And then see how it unfolds and presents itself and accept it for how it is showing itself to be, not what you think it needs to be. And that was very freeing for me. And that, that actually opened me up to being open to access the truth, to exploring other avenues that were spiritual and exploring beyond the little box I had. And that led to me getting healed from stage four cancer. That led to me, you know, beginning to seek the truth. And that's led to what I'm doing today. So, and I can say every bad thing that happened to me, there are moments I looked at it and went, this is really bad. (laughs) Like this is sucky. And then I was like, can you grow from it or can, is it going to kill you? And then I thought, well, if it kills me, I'm eternal. So then deuces people I'm out. But until that happens, I was like, I can grow. And when I begin to understand, there's so much more than just me and what I understand. That was a big change for me. Like that changed my whole, I went from being religious to spiritual. I went, and I'm not judging anyone. If you are religious, you can choose to be whatever you choose to be. But I began that spiritual journey, which expanded who I was. And I'm constantly curious and and seeking and trying to you know, figure out how the world really is versus how I think it should be, if that makes sense. Yeah.
2: Curiosity is such a great characteristic to have. And it's so important. But the two things struck me, one from Catherine and one from you, Claudette, in terms of words that you both use that I think you know, if I had a, if I could sum my life up in in two words, it would be gratitude and grace. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've talked already about being grateful and and grateful in every moment and for everything that's happened, the good, the bad, the ugly, and, and all of that. Because this moment is perfectly what it is because of every moment before right? And, and it's the accumulation of every moment. And then the whole concept of grace and being willing to extend grace to self, but to other people yes. for just what you said, stop expecting people to be something that they're not, they are just who they are and extend them grace and love them just as they are.
1: And and if if they do something you can't tolerate, that's okay. Healthy boundaries, but don't blame them for it. Exactly. You allow something in your life. It's your own fault. It's nobody else's.
3: I also want to just add is like, I feel like, you know, when things really started to shift for me is when I forgave myself. Mm -hmm. I forgave everyone else before I forgave myself. And until I did, I still had some struggles. And, and not to say I don't have struggles. We all have struggles. It's just how do I respond to those struggles now? Yeah. It's just like when I forgave myself for all the wrongdoings I'd done, it's just this forgiveness is big. I think I might have even mentioned that last, last week, but it's just a big part that grace and gratitude is also forgiveness. Yeah. Grace I feel. Life, yeah. You
2: know?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I love it, Whitney. Love
1: it. Uh, you women are amazing. You're amazing. So that's getting close to, does anyone want to say one last thing for our beautiful audience? Anybody? Are we good? Your journey,
3: your journey thus far is what's made you today. And just think about the amazing journey that's in front of you. So don't ever give up.
4: No grace, met.
3: gratitude, and forgiveness.
4: Yes. No regrets is a great one, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Just being, just having faith in yourself that you're exactly where you're supposed to be and it may not seem meaningful in the moment but it is Mm, that's beautiful
1: yeah no regrets
4: wow have a lot of fun (laughs) lighten
1: up people like (laughs) and I'm the first one that has I have to say that to myself because I take I take a lot of things very seriously and get really focused and all that but life can be so much fun if we expect. My t- fun. Yeah.
3: My tip of the day today was laugh, even when you're feeling sad. Go to YouTube or someplace and find some video that really makes you have this gut wrenching laugh, and I guarantee you, you'll feel better. Mm. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Laugh and the
0: dance with you all, ladies. That's for sure.
1: Yes. Well, ladies, thank you for another discussion that just. Our hope is that we can reach out to you, we can touch your heart, and we can just awaken everyone to a different viewpoint that may improve your life or uh, just expand. Maybe you have a viewpoint you wish to share with us, and we would love to hear that. So, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Bye
2: thank you. bye. It's nice bye. seeing you, ladies. Love you. Love you.
0: Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. The Fab Five thanks you for joining us today as we assist you in moving beyond your best plans. We just ask that this week you find one way to step into your authentic self. Listen, review, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us at beyondyourbestplan.com. See you on the other side of your best plan.